Hi, my name is Dee, and you're listening to my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat. Please feel free to listen to my other podcasts as well. They are called One Nation Under God, Elderly and Disabled in a Monopoly World. So, I'm mental. What's your superpower? Riddle diddle dee, I see something you can't see. Prisoner passed the sentencing. Let's not talk about COVID, shall we? And I just want to reassure you, uh, for all your trigger points, uh, I am not talking about COVID in that episode. Um, there's also a man being raped as a father. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but that doesn't mean you have to use them, Mommy. Parental alienation syndrome. And my last podcast I just did was called Fit and All, when the next breath is worth more than a grain of sand. First, I would like to start off to apologize for my speech. I have said this in a couple of other podcasts. I had surgery on my mouth uh, a few weeks ago, and I am still trying to learn how to adjust and talk. Um, so it might sound like I have a speech impairment or something, which is not a big deal. But to me, I feel like I'm ha- I have trouble speaking. So it might just be actually my mental... Uh, insecurity uh, more so but I just wanted to say that (laughs) Um, and um, before we get on this topic today um, I would like to go over what I like to call my disclaimer and some opening remarks Um, I try to I try to ensure that in today's day and age obviously more so that all my T's are crossed and all my dies uh, my dies <laughs> my eyes are dotted I'm sorry my eyes are dotted my T's are crossed or my eyes are crossed and my T's are dotted I don't know just try to get it right <laughs> um <laughs> there's just too many negative people seeking in this world today and some just like to make mountains out of molehills and try to make issues out of just things that just are not necessarily we have enough issues in our world um already as it is Um, And things just don't always need to feel that way and be added to, in my opinion. Um, My topic today is called Skittles Party for Teens, where there is no pot of gold at the end of their rainbow. In my last podcast, I touched base on fentanyl. And, you know, (laughs) even thinking about it, um, I have to say that was a rough one for me. Uh, however, to con- um, in continuing my research on different topics and different types of drugs and different subjects to uh, talk about, I decided to go ahead and spin off uh, into another um, area that probably is not even acknowledged or acknowledged uh, uh, as much as what it should be. Um, I don't really foresee any of them um, getting any easier to talk about. Merely because this is our world and our generation now, and um, it is only going to evolve in future generations um, to their death if we don't do something about it. Um, it, it. There's not an intervention soon, a real solid one anytime soon. We won't even have to worry about the end of the world or Jesus coming back for us. Um, because there won't be anything left or anybody left to come back for. The devil would have already won. Um, so I understand that some topics, especially those pertaining to drugs of any sort are (sighs) eyes get rolled, shoulders get shrugged, judgment gets done. Um, even at a time, sometimes people are dismissed 
um, just to fend from themselves to figure it out, um, even if they're not in the best state of mind or even know what they're doing. Um, just because it might not cross your so social media feed or the airwaves, the news or the newspaper or whatever you do now, come across TikTok or whatever is famous now, whatever um, is the fashion, the latest trend. It doesn't mean that it is not a factor. And um, and, it's, and, and it didn't go overnight just because you didn't see it the next day on your feed. I reassure you. Actually, most things uh, you read and hear about um, <laughs> are only as good as the source and the people reporting it or gossiping about it, honestly. And don't believe everything you see and read. <laughs> people like to make things and fabricate things because people like drama. They like the suspense. They like, um, they like ratings. Um, and they do anything to keep people interested in those ratings, whether the information is true or, or not. And I'm not saying all people are like that, but I I do know of a few situations where it has been very apparent that that was the way it was. Um, now I understand that this that some topics, especially those pertaining um, to drugs, like I said, are very sensitive, and I'm going to try to look at it from a couple of aspects on here. Um, I try to look at all sides um, because. It is about all sides. It's not just about the drug addict or the person that smokes occasional joint, you know, on the side or whatever. It, it, and in fact, this particular topic, um, we're not even going to talk about um, pot. <laughs> Although we talked about the pot of gold. <laughs> uh, yes, so I guess, yes, we did. <laughs> um, so, briefly touched on. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm hoping that we will be able to communicate um, and I will be able to get myself across in a manner that comes across educational sympathetic and in a very as much needed understanding way form for you as possible that doesn't mean you're going to agree with me <clears throat> that doesn't mean you're going to like what i say that doesn't mean that you're not going to be have have your own opinion that is okay you are entitled to your first amendment right you are entitled to your opinion you're entitled to your feelings and your thoughts and that's what this is all about we all are you don't have to agree with me you don't have to understand me, and nor do I you. But this is not just about us. This is a bigger picture than just us. And um, I am by no means am I trying to downplay uh, your emotions or your trauma or your devastations or your PTSD or any lasting effects of any loss, any heartache, or any other indescribable emotions that you have felt or are feeling and you're still continuing to struggle with at the moment. I will not even try to pretend I know what you're going through directly. Um, but I will continue to do what I can on my end in hopes to educate enough for what I know, what I can find out, or what I can um, get across and express and educate. But I am also willing to listen, learn, and let others be heard as well. And sometimes, you know, people that are listening may not even realize that they even need to hear what I'm, I'm talking about. Until they start hearing it. And hopefully together we can save as many lives as possible. Maybe even yours and mine. Is, uh, you know. If yours alone or just mine. Because a lot of this. Um, you know. And I do my research and stuff. And it's like. Wow. You know. And I'll be. 
I'm, I'm a very big thinker. My mind just does not shut off. I think about the weirdest things. It's like that meme went around Facebook that talked about me at 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm trying to figure out how to do CPR on a giraffe. <laughs> That's kind of me. <laughs> um, I'll just be running like, oh, what's this? What's this? Maybe I should look this up. I'm just running words pop in my head and I'm like, oh, even though Google never understands or wants to reword it to understand it, I go to Google or, or whatever, Bing or whatever, and try to you know, figure stuff out, or the old-fashioned way, like we did back in the Stone Ages, well, not Stone Ages, that was before my time, um, and get a, a book out, a regular old book. <laughs> um, my heart goes out to everyone that suffers, um, any type of, um, any type of anything. Nobody deserves to suffer in any way. Um, <clears throat> and due to any events or events in your lives, um, sometimes things are very sensitive and heartbreaking. And, um, sometimes I don't even know how to explain in a way that doesn't come across painful. Um, even if it's not my intention, sometimes the way somebody is feeling, that might be just the way they take it. Whether that's my intention on representing it or not, doesn't mean that's not how you perceive it. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody. <laughs> um, and I'm not trying to belittle what you're trying to cope with. And I pray that what I am going to express will come over as sensitive as possible. And if you're mourning it in any way, uh, my heart goes out to you. <clears throat> um, even if it's just um, feeling like you're just walking among the living. Because um, sometimes that's the way life feels. You're just kind of going along life and you see your life going around, across and just keep going and keep going and just trying to jump up in the air and just grab a hold of it just to be a part of it for a moment. And if you have just woke up today or even just opened your eyes, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a step. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, this is a very important subject and I want to get this out there and, um, I know that everybody has different levels and different views, and like I said, I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but yet this is something that just needs to be put out there as much as possible, and in any ways as possible, not necessarily just me, you know, and having a voice is sometimes the biggest challenge um, because sometimes you ha might have a voice but you just don't know how quite to use it you don't know how to express it in the right way or state the things the right way or you know you wish other people would say to or with you or or for you because sometimes some pe some people just you know have a stage fright um some people just are not good with their words but they're good at expressing them or they're not good at expressing them but they they feel them and so I'm hoping that with my podcast that I do, I can do some justification uh, for anything related to any of that if it pertains to you. Um, and I, I do my best. I admit I make a lot of mistakes and my sources are not always, um, you know, are not always the best. But I do try to cite um, and express where I find my information. Um, so I do try to make sure that I do look into it as much as possible. Um, uh, I try to relay information, educate, and provide as much as I can on my resources. And, um, hopefully I, I can make a strong enough impact in someone's life that will allow them to feel their self-worth and inner being. Um, if even again for the first time. And hopefully helping them to find their strength to take a breath without even suffocating them for just a moment strong enough to be able to breathe 
And sometimes your own breath can be so suffocating and so strong and you feel like it's just killing you to take your next breath. And that is a very dark level that a lot of people don't realize exists in so many people. Um, I understand that my thoughts, my words, my opinions, and even my research ethics may not meet everybody's approval. They might be misunderstood and taken the wrong way. They might not be as accurate as the person um, who a person who experiences what I'm talking about obviously is more educated and more of a reliable source than say what I find on the internet. And if that is the case or if there's anything that you want uh, to get out there or want to talk to me about or would want me to do a podcast about, please feel free to reach out to me and I'd be more happy to work with you um, and talk with you and um together figure it out you know and that's what it's all about um i i express my deepest respect for everybody as much as i possibly can in this day and age um you know you you they always say you got to give respect to get respect but you know sometimes somebody's got to be the bigger person and i'm five foot half inch but i tell you sometimes i feel like i am a lot taller than some of the tallest people in the world and i'm not saying that as a bad thing it's just i've just had to overcome so much that i've got a lot of stuff piled under me that just kind of makes me taller i'm not necessarily that i'm tall in height but i'm tall in the stuff that i have been through um if that makes sense. Um, or maybe I'm just trying to grow up. <laughs> that could be it too. Um, anyway, I respect your rights. And um, that doesn't mean that your words, um, you know, can't be hurtful, rude, or uncalled for. But I do respect your First Amendment rights. And I, I hope that you respect mine in the same honor. I'm not trying to offend anybody or compromise anybody. And I'm not... I'm not willing to correct myself and I know I do know that I'm wrong if I have said something wrong or I've done something wrong and I know this and it's been presented to me and it makes sense because I you know when my kids were younger and they would ask me something like you know state your case you know and if my kid had a good taste um you know I'm like okay well you know I can't argue with that you put a good case on the table you represented yourself well you stated the facts you've got you know this that and the other you know and in that's where it has to start with our kids. You know, we have to teach them. Just because they're little doesn't mean that they don't know what they're thinking. Doesn't mean that they don't have a feelings and, and they don't have opinions and they don't, you know, know certain things. Because they're out there in this world more than what some of us are. And they're on top of the latest trend more than what we are, whether we realize it or not. Because we are too busy sometimes on trying to make a living that our kids are out there living it up. And, you know, it's it's devastating and it's painful because some things just get so amplified and so um, misunderstood in so many ways. And families are just, I just feel like families are going farther and farther apart. You know, people would rather sit there and play coloring book on their phone or, um, you know, a crossword puzzle on their phone or in the paper. You know, why not get out a board game like Scrabble or get some coloring books out and, you know, have some family time. You know, do something like that. Uh, <clears throat> I apologize um, for the interruption. You probably might realize, but I had to pause for a few minutes. Um, if you hear that little ding-dong noise in the background, I assure you it's not my head going side to side making noises. Um, <laughs> it, it actually is my mom. 
um, for those of you who have joined me in my other podcast I've explained, I um, am my mom's 24-7 caretaker, caregiver rather. Uh, my dad passed away about a year and a half ago and um, my mom is blind and disabled and I take care of her. So um, when she needs something um, and I'm not um, in there already getting on her nerves, <laughs> She um, has a button she pushes, um, and it, it notifies me. So, <clears throat> that's what that was. <clears throat> she was um, wanting something to eat, so I had to make her something to eat real quick. Um, so, anyway, um, where I was at... Sorry, I'm a little sidetracked. Um, <laughs> so, um, unfortunately... Um, I have so much I want to test based on, um, and trying to decide the level of importance is not always doable. And um, sometimes I just don't know how to categorize uh, what to talk about first, because there's just so much out there in the world um, that is very important. And um, obviously, if it's if it's happening in somebody's life, or if it's happening, and then obviously it's happening somewhere. So therefore, it's important. But trying to Figure out what is most important to talk about could be the biggest struggle. Um, and eventually, when I figure out how to do it, um, and I get enough listeners on my podcast, um, I hopefully plan to go live and do live shows. My ultimate goal, um, someday, <laughs> um, would be to have my own talk show um, of some type of sort and have guest speakers on as well. Um, but that might be a lot more resources, money than I really even have at the moment. So we're just going to do this for now. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, my topic today, I'm going to talk about something that is very scary um, and a growing national problem. And a lot of people might have not even heard about this at all. And all the more reason why I want to get this out there. Um, according to an article I found written by Christian Fuller, a medical doctor on psychology today, there is an over-alarming pill party called Farming. Now, this is not your typical farming of going and tipping cattle over <clears throat> or <clears throat> doing tractor races or whatever. Um, and according to this article dated September 26, 2018, it definitely needs to be um, brought attention to it. And it really needs to be reminded because even though time has went by, I assure you, this is still going on. <clears throat> Teens are grabbing whatever they can. Ritalin, Xanax, Percocet, um, along with prescription medications, non-prescription medications, um, anything to get high on. <clears throat> There's party, this party, if you will, it's referred to as a Skittles party. And it's not like the candy that you buy at the store, you know, in the Halloween aisle. But teenagers take handfuls and bottles full and whatever they can of various different types of medications whether it be prescription or over-the-counter and they raid their parents medicine cabinets they steal from their friends and their family they um, go to department stores and drug stores and they steal off the shelves um, even something as simple as cough syrup and they gather their friends together and um Everybody that's there takes what they bring, and they all dump them in a big bowl or a container. Just, they open the bottles or, and whatever, and the boxes, and they just dump them into this bowl, kind of like um, kind of like a trick or treat container. <clears throat> and this medication that is mixed all up, it's just mixed up. They don't know what's what anymore, and it's shared with each other. 
as a free-for-all. Now, these parties, they happen anywhere. They could be at someone's basement, in the backyard by a bonfire, in a cornfield somewhere, in a hotel, in a abandoned building, your very own living room, in a garage, in a tent camping, anywhere. From cough medicines, sleep aids, opiate painkillers, ADH medications, anti-anxiety pills, anything they can get any, their hands on. They're hoping to get a temporary fix or a high of a whatever they can. They randomly choose from this now kaleidoscope community bowl, the roulette high of death, where there are no winners. Some may view prescription pills or over-the-counter medications as safe, but they are prescribed by a doctor. Or just because they're not prescribed by a doctor, then they're okay. And, you know, prescriptions, um, drugs, they're sometimes just amped up versions of what's on the on the shelves at the store. And it uh, just might just be a higher, you know, milligram, basically. Um, and some things are the same, like naproxen and Aleve. That's the same thing. You can get a prescription naproxen, or you can just take some more Aleve or naproxen over the shelf. It doesn't matter. It's still a narcotic. It's still a drug. It's still, it's still dangerous, especially if misused and taken the wrong way. And it's mixed together as a random cocktail bag of the unknown. And the devastating effects can result in a variety of dangerous outcomes, including death. Opiates such as Vicodin, Percocet, Morphine, and even Gabapentin are common prescription painkillers that are the leading substances of abuse among teenagers and adults in the United States. The opiate epidemic, which is now, which is responsible for taking thousands of lives each year, approximately 42,000 reported in 2016 alone, just reported, because you know statistics are only as good as what's reported, discovered that but that doesn't mean that it is that it's accurate and it doesn't mean um you know where it even started at how far does this date back you know and in the 1900s it says that it was started in the 1900s with prescription pills but that's what was reported how do they even know you know, and then they say the second wave came in the 2000s with heroin. And then another third wave came in with fentanyl and synthetic opiates. You know, we have, and I guess we are going to talk about pot just briefly. You know, we got synthetic stuff that is behind the counter at our, our gas stations. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> you, we don't even know what's in that stuff. You know, it is safer to, and and I'm not, and I guess I am going to get on this a little bit because it just kind of all does really go together. Um, you know, the government government wants to monopolize in their pocket and their control, or whatever they can for themselves. In my opinion, and they would rather consumers, human beings. Citizens, non-citizens, whoever, a person, a human being. What is it that? A human being. It's okay for them to go into a gas station and buy something behind the counter or off a, a clip, a little clip on the sidewall, something that was manufactured and 
you know, it, it's very bunch of bullcrap in it. <clears throat> you don't even know half the words you can't even pronounce. But then they want to monopolize and prosecute people that may grow their own stuff and it's pure. There's no additives, no BS in it. It's 100% real, God-given nature, plant, if you will, <clears throat> of the world growing. <clears throat> but because the government doesn't make money on it, it's wrong. <clears throat> Unless you move to another state that allows it. Because federal says no, but state says yes. So if you live, say, here in Indiana, it's illegal. So you go to jail, you get a felony on you, and your life is pretty much ruined because now you have a felony, so then therefore you can't go to a place, you can't get a job, you can't get good this, that, there, because you got a felony. You're, you can't have a gun permit, you can't vote, you can't blah, 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 blah. But if you go to a state that's adjoining us, around us, all of a sudden, that all that doesn't exist. It's okay. You don't lose your whole life. You don't lose your family. You don't lose your job. You don't lose your right to be able to carry a gun because you didn't commit nothing because it was legal in that state. But if you cross the line and come to the other state, all of a sudden your whole world's over. You know, so <clears throat> that's in synthetic opiates and synthetic anything is all just a bunch of crap balled up into something. And there might be one one ingredient, maybe, maybe possibly two in there that is going to give you what your, your high that you're looking for. But you don't even need to have a high. If you're going to smoke, don't smoke to be so high off your behind that you're driving behind a wheel and you're just as impaired as a drunk driver. If you're going to do it for medical reasons, then do it for a medical reason to relax yourself or to ease your pain. Not to get to where your brain is somewhere else and you don't even know where you're coming or going. There's a difference. You know, and prescription pills and over-the-counter pills, they can be extremely unsafe and deadly if they're taken wrong. And, you know, you got all these that are sitting on the shelves, and there's a lot of them, even herbs and all these vitamins. Who's to say those are really all healthy, too? If you take anything in an abundance like that, it's, it's not good. You know, and the, the skittling party game... Uh, if you will. And, and teenagers don't, they don't discriminate on what drugs they combine together. And they put themselves at risk for strokes, heart attacks, a brain damage, comas, death. I mean, hard time. And if, if they have a reaction to what they're taking, they might, and a young child might not even realize that, say, they're allergic to codeine. That one of their medications is. Well, you know, it's got codeine in it and they take it and they don't even know that they're allergic to it because they're so, they're, they haven't got to that point in their life yet. You know, that part has not even been monitored. So then therefore they're going to have an emergency room visit or something way worse. You know, an emergency room's physicians, they struggle with even trying to determine what combinations of medications or things are in our systems. And if, if there is a farm party, how are they going to know what they're treating? How are they going to know how to intervene and counteract whatever is going on? And they don't even know if it exists or what even was taken, what abundance was there. So they order these tests. And then when all these tests done stack, because they need to find us all out. But however, if you're having some type of reaction or something is a little bit more intense, 
Your death may come before those test results are even concluded. You know, and some te some teenagers today, you know, they're some of them may even just be afraid to even seek medical medical attention at all, or even tell anybody of anything uh, of an emergency or a fear of you know they might be afraid of getting in trouble or that they're gonna you know be prosecuted or they're gonna be blamed. You know, prescription pills, they're on the rise. And with all unlocked medicine cabinets and sometimes medications, they're just sitting on dressers and end tables. Uh, you know, or maybe they're in a drawer, you know, or something. It's very tempting and easy to have access to. <clears throat> but even if you lock up your medications in a secured bedroom, an uncontrolled mind addict will go to great lengths to obtain their dependent fix. And I say this because I know this for a fact. I had a cousin years ago. Um, he was on all kinds of drugs. <laughs> and um, he lived um, as an adult with his parents. And he had custody of a son. And at this point in time, he wasn't, um, he wasn't in a bad place at that time. <clears throat> and at the time, um, he only had just the one son. And he had custody of him. And um, he had a very short, violent temper around certain people. Um, that would continuously push his buttons. Um, his ex-girlfriend um, was one of them. And uh, as time went on, though, um, his, his mother ended up passing away. And she had gangrene and a lot of other health problems. <clears throat> but um, he ended up getting very uncontrolled in his addiction. And anything he put his hands on, uh, he did. And he was doing some hardcore stuff. And eventually, um, I could even hang around him. Um, anymore, and I didn't want no part of him. And um, <clears throat> and uh, one time I was visiting his parents, and his mom and dad. You know, we we used to talk all the time and stuff. I go and hang out, and and um, before his mom passed away, and she was telling me that she had some of her medicine stuff kept coming up missing, and or it was you know wasn't accounted for, and <clears throat> they thought that he was stealing off of them. And um, so the dad, they didn't share the same bedroom because of her health reasons. So they each had a room. They were adjacent to each other. And the dad, um, he would lock up the medication in his room and um, have it secured. And you think that would have been okay. But my, my cousin, his addiction was so severe and out of control that he actually would climb through the attic access across the attic to the bedroom to the access panel to his dad's bedroom and broke in from the ceiling long enough to steal the medications his guns jewelry anything pawn off for his drug addiction and he did a little bit at a time just a little bit at a time just so that way he would think it would not be as noticed right away because he still needed a place to live and he didn't want to get kicked out. And as he, excuse me, as he continued to live under this roof, and they supplied everything he needed, gave him the leading, they even gave him the leading role in their business, and helped raise their son, his son. And when his mom lost her life to gangrene um, and other problems, he just spiraled worse. And eventually, he lost custody of his son. And the mom of the son was a drug addict. And I, um, she ended up getting custody back of the son. 
But, um, and he became even more violent, stealing from his own children. He eventually had another uh, child, and he was still from his own kids, and pawning their gaming devices, anything he could from anybody he could. He didn't care. And one day, he and his ex, um, they got into a big, huge, huge argument fight in the parking lot at this um, karaoke place I used to go to with them. Or we all, we all used to go there, not necessarily together, but we all were there. Anyway, this was um, before I had anything to do with, stopped doing had anything to do with him. Um, this particular night, though, he was trying to keep himself in control. <clears throat> and he knew, and I knew how he was. And he would get so, um, his mind would go somewhere else when he would get angry that he would totally black out. And his eyes would just glaze over and black out. And he was just a, def a, a different person. And <clears throat> I knew this of him. <clears throat> and I was sitting there beside him in his van. And we were about to leave. And um, his ex, she just started coming over there. And she was just all up in his face, pushing his buttons, saying this, and they're trying to call him out, shoving him, putting her hands on him, trying to pull him out, you know, climb out of the van, you know, to come out or whatever. And, you know, I had no beef with her personally. Um, you know, we were friends at the time. And I kept telling her, you know what, you just need to go. Leave him alone. Just go. You guys are like fire and gasoline. Just, just leave him alone and just go. And, um... I knew my option was basically to keep him safe and in control in order to maintain her well-being, his and mine. Because I knew if he went to that button, it would be a bad place. And um, he was trying very much to keep himself calm. He really was. And finally he just snapped. And he punched the dash and he went to go out of the van to go at her. And I snatched him up real fast, real quick. And before he could make it out that van door, and I put him in a headlock, and I put his head under my knee, and I sat down on him. And I looked at him, and I said, you got five seconds to get it together and calm down. I am not letting you go until you calm down. And then he struggled a little bit, and the harder I pressed down on him. And I said, I'm, t I'm serious, dude. You need to calm down. And I'm, she's still going at it. And I'm looking at her, and I said, you need to go. Look what you're doing. And I knew I needed to focus on him, and I just tuned her out. And, um, I clocked him once in the head and, you know, and I said, you know, I'm telling you, you need to calm down. And, um, yeah, I looked at him, I said, boy, I'll hurt you. I'm serious. And he, and he calmly, he started to breathe more calmer. And I, I said, seriously, man. And I, I started calming my voice down at him and just trying to deescalate him a little bit. And he eventually started breathing calmer and and stopped struggling. And I said, I'm not going to let go of you unless I know that you're calm. You're not going to go after her. And you need to calm down and you're okay. And uh, he said, I'm I'm okay. I'm all right. And I'm like, I, I need to make sure. And he, he reassured me he was. And I slowly let him loose. And I sat down and I talked to him. Until he was able to drive home. And I followed him home. To ensure that he got home okay. And didn't get sidetracked. And that he was mentally okay to do so. And I knew him well enough. That I knew I had to call him down, calm him down. Because I didn't want him to black out. And. Um, there's no telling where things would have ended up. 
And he would even, sometimes he can't even, he couldn't even comprehend his level of violence at that point when he got to that point. And he would not even sometimes even remember, um, you know, incidences and stuff. And this is what happens. This is an example of what happens. This is how... This is how it gets started. This is how things end. Is there's not always a particular place or a particular pinpoint in somebody's life. And sadly, people get to this point and added drugs, added outside influences, added things that are just keep adding and piling and piling and piling. And eventually somebody snaps. But sometimes, too, things don't always end in happy endings like this. Sometimes they're just cold blood massacres with no remorse, acknowledgement, or even any memory. And when you take a drug or alcohol and you mix it into this mix, that's a whole different level of mentality. So then you got these kids that are sitting at this party and they're developing and their minds are developing. But a lot of things in, in children's lives today, they go through things that a lot of us adults don't realize. And you don't really even know where their mind's at. Because, honestly, they probably don't even know what they're thinking. Because they're, they're so... They're so new to life. Just because they're 15, 16 years old doesn't mean they're grown up. Hell, I know people that are in their 40s and 50s and 60s that still act younger than some kids do. Just because you're, you're legally of age doesn't mean you're mentally there. And vice versa. Some kids, unfortunately, have to grow up very fast. So their minds have to raise themselves by the influences and things that are around them. And if they are misconstrued, unanswered, or left to still discover on their own, and yet they're still trying to comprehend with what's inside, they're going to figure it out their own way if they don't know any better. So what do we do as parents or as a whole? How do we handle this as society? What do we do as friends and relatives? Or just a person in general to intervene enough just to have enough intervention? When is it enough? How do we know when the intervention, especially if we think that it's just simple over-the-counter medication, is not hard. It's not hurtful. It's not, it's not oh, that's not going to hurt us. It's cough medicine. You know, and we just leave them around. How many parents have, have admitted of giving their children NyQuil to help their children sleep? Or amp up doses of melatonin? Even though your body makes melatonin anyway in your body, you can give it too much. And you can confuse your system. So, sadly it is harmful. It is affecting their growth and their development. And it does kill. Society is the first to blame its parent. All that finger pointing. Where's the parents at? You know, and society is the first ones to judge them. But yet think that theirs, they are any better. That they're better, that they're better off. That they're better parents than the parent that they're judging. But maybe you forget to mention how your kid might be sitting next to theirs at that party. Or your kid was driving that vehicle. Or your kid supplied the party or the, the whatever. Or your kid did nothing to intervene and left their friend for dead. The parent is always the one to have to figure it all out. And damn them if they were maybe taught 
by that way by their own parents and they knew no other difference they knew no other way of life to them this was life this was okay because you know it's a domino effect and it can be deadly when all the players are not playing fair or even know that they're even playing the game at all it's just friends hanging out and experimenting and learning as they go i mean if my parent can do it and keep coming home then it must be all right and not too bad because they keep coming home every time that they go out However, the parent can do all they can at their end, and they can take precautions, and they still can get that deadly, sad knock on that door. But fault doesn't need to be blamed. That's not what is going to bring a life back. It needs to be intervened, educated, acknowledged. And taking that finger pointing and put it with the hands connected to the arms of our children and hold them, comfort them, listen to them, talk to them, talk to them instead of at them, hear what they say, but don't take for granted what their silence says and doesn't say, because sometimes their silence is more deadly than what their words are out loud. The quiet ones are usually the ones that have the most room in their minds for thought. Eventually, when no one listens or shows an effort to want to hear it, they eventually shut up. Living, you know, that leaving us wonder what went wrong. I never saw it coming. There were no signs. I mean, they hardly complained or said anything at all. Always gone and active with friends and sports. Always making good grades. My kids didn't do drugs. They, they never would do that. I know. I would know that. I would know. I know my kid. I wish that I could hear their voice one more time. I don't even remember the last thing I said to them or we talked about. These are things that play so much in our minds. <clears throat> but there is no blame. Like I said, it's not going to bring anybody back. Blaming, take that effort and put it on educating. Put it on something positive. Because blaming somebody is only going to cause more to that person. And it's going to cause a very bad effect on their mental state of mind. And you might not think, I don't care. They killed my kid. So be it. You know, that's what they deserve. No, nobody deserves it. Nobody. Because if you're okay with trying to kill somebody or caring less about their mental state of mind, then honestly, <laughs> you're not in the right frame of mind either, obviously, because you just went through a tragedy. But that's not any better than what the other person has done, even maybe not even knowingly they did it. It might have simply just been an accident. You know, in drugstores, department stores, <laughs> where do they fit in in all this? Why is it the parent? How many teenagers and kids are driving nowadays and they are and yeah, you might have a tracking device on your kid and oh hey, they're at Walmart. Guess what Walmart has? Guess what Meyer has? Guess what pharmacies have? Guess what places have? A lot of access to a lot of stuff. A lot of temptation. It's not just the parents' medication. It's just not. And it's not so simple. And it's a kid in a candy store <clears throat> to some temptation, <clears throat> very easy.
not everyone needs to be, uh, you know, everything needs to be prescription form to be deadly and effective. But when it is, that makes the candy even sweeter to the system to take. And it absorbs it. And it says, ooh, that's good, let's do it faster. And hey, this time, let's get a time release one that will be continuously getting me high. That's even better. Plus, since I don't know when this time release is going to be, have peak time, I know that's going to be safe enough for me to drive um, my already just beginning learning how to drive self behind the wheel and drive home. And I'll just go to my room. I'll lock myself in. Maybe take a bath. Jam on my music. No one will even know. I'll be safe. It, it's okay. It's good. I got this. I know what I'm doing. I've done it before. Prevention starts with educating and awareness about prescription and over-the-counter medications. We need to understand that legal does not equal safe. When it comes to over-the-counter and prescription medications, <clears throat> providers' <clears throat> instructions should encourage families to continue access to routine, 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 I talk, I'm sorry, routinely access the content of the medicine cabinet and take inventory of it. If you don't need it, get rid of it. And if you do need it, then protect it. <clears throat> or protect your child. Because your child is more important than your medication. Some suggestions are examples. Uh, of examples are gathering unused or expired medications oftentimes goes unnoticed by family members. And many parents store the medications in unlocked cabinets, allowing access across the substances. How many of us have medicine cabinets in our bathroom? And people, kiddos, grown-ups, whomever, get in that bathroom to do their thing. Nobody's in there watching them. It doesn't take much for a kid to open up that, that door or, or somebody to open up that door of, of the medicine cabinet and say, oh, this is what so-and-so's on. As a parent... You can help prevent this by storing and locking your prescriptions and over-the-counter medications in an undisclosed place. Put them somewhere where they don't know. Kids should be medicating themselves anyway. Um, that should be where the parents at. And even though they're teenagers, why are they giving them themselves their own medication? Because what if they don't know how to? What if they don't know how to measure correctly on that line? You know, or they think, oh, two's not going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and take three. No, I mean, I took three last time and that works. Maybe I'm just going to take six. You need to educate your, your teenagers about how harmful these effects of these medications are when they're taken wrong. Talk to your, your doctors about side effects of prescriptions, prescriptions and over-the-counter medications. And be honest with your teenagers about drug abuse and establish an open line of communication. You know, maybe, you know... Um, my, my daughter and I, one of my daughters and I, when she was a teenager, um, we had a notebook and, um, the rule was in this notebook. And I think I've talked about this before. The rule of this notebook was my daughter can write anything she wanted in this notebook. I didn't care what it was. She didn't say bad words, whatever. She would not get in trouble for whatever she put in that notebook. And then I would write back to her. And then she would write back to me. And this was our communication. And she could put whatever she wanted, however she wanted. She could talk about whatever she wanted. She it just opened up the line of communication for us. And the rule was she could not get in trouble. 
because I would rather her tell me and be open and get her feelings out there and express it to me than to do otherwise. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> also letting her know that her feelings, her emotions, her words were important and she deserved to be heard. And if she had to express herself in the way that she knew how to express it, at least she was getting it out and doing so. And not just hiding it or keeping it in. <clears throat> Do your research. Many parents have never even heard of farm parties. Uh, but it is important to stay, to, to stay updated as much as you can on the current trends. And it's unfortunately, sometimes you go by so fast <laughs> and you just, you can't keep up one from the next. And it is a lot. It is a lot. And you're not going to catch everything. So don't blame yourself for everything. You know, I was telling my mom about the subject the other day and when I was working on it and her mouth about dropped. My mom's 71 years old and she couldn't believe what I was telling her. She never even heard of such a thing. I was telling my sister last night on the phone about what my next podcast was going to be. And she's like, I've never heard of that. You know, and she's um, in her 40s. <clears throat> um, make sure to monitor your computers and online party activity. Or online activity. Parental controls can be done with little to no effort. Or even, um, or even any knowledge at all for that matter. And you can put parental controls on a person's phone. And sometimes you can put a guest account on there. And or another account, and it could be set up with little to no detection, even the hidden apps. Is this wrong? Well, I guess it depends on the value of your child's life. Now, if you're some type of stalker or somebody who's trying to be all up in your spouse's business or trying to, you know, do something like that, or whatever the case may be, that's kind of frowned upon. <clears throat> but if it's the well being of your child's life, I'd say this is a little different. They are your responsibility to ensure their education is met to the best of your ability in and out of the classroom. Going to regular school is one thing, but going to school of hard knocks in life is another. And that can have a graduation ceremony in a cemetery. Parents are encouraged to form week care groups maybe get-togethers, after-school activities, dances, chaperone, be involved. Do things together, make pledges together, do events together, drug-free events together. Do different activities showing the community and supporting other people and different variety. My daughter and I, we used to do the Susan Coleman walk. We've done the buddy walk. Um, we've done the uh, vision walk. Uh, help the homeless. We've done a lot of activities. Trying to get involved. Now, I'm not saying that's a short way to keep your kids out of drugs. You know, or out of mischief. Um, there's no such thing, I don't think. <laughs> um, you could chain them to a bed, but then I think that's really... That's... No. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Because that's just wrong on so many levels. Um, shame on you if you do that. Um, yeah, please don't do that. That's just straight up wrong and abuse. Be aware of your child's mental health. Um, and your own. Uh, and look out for signs of depression and aggression as red flags. That something might be wrong. But sometimes, unfortunately, 
You can't always do that because a child can can appear so happy-go-lucky and you know and laughing all the time, making jokes and being the the highlight of, of you know holiday get-togethers or whatever. But in their mind, they might be fighting a different battle. And um, you know, it's a Russian roulette. And skilled parties, they are like a Russian roulette. Um, that's probably a more appropriate name, actually. Uh, it's like, you know, they don't know what they're taking. They take a handful of unknown pills and it, it could kill them. It's like taking a loaded revolver and being in the crossfire of a blank and a bullet. Or playing chicken with your headlights off and racing two cars towards each other in a complete darkness in hopes that death is not the collision at the finish line. It's just a mix of all kinds of things. And sometimes it's not even a high that they get. Sometimes they don't even realize even what happens. Because they just, it's just instant. It's instant. Especially if you get laced with some fentanyl or, um, you know, I talked about before in my fentanyl podcast, <clears throat> you know, um, it's, it's serious. It's, it's really serious. And you don't have to abuse drugs to lose your life. And it could be a one-time, it can actually be a one-time event. Or it could be an event that you don't even know is even going to turn into an event. Because it can be that innocent. And no parent in the world is ever prepared or responsible for things that just... Parents get blamed for so much. And I'm not saying that we're not to blame on things, because we are. We didn't come with instruction manuals as parents. And how half the time we're growing up with our kids. Half the time nowadays, kids are our friends. You know, they're more friends than they are, you know, our kids. And things are getting out of hand. It really is just getting out of hand. And if we don't do something about it, there's not going to be left much in this world, if anything. And... There are many places out there that have programs. You know, re research your programs in your area. And you don't even have to go to your own area. You know, if you don't feel comfortable being in your own town or your own whatever, take yourself a mini vacation and really go on a vacation and, and, and do something productive. And go to an outside treatment center that nobody knows your name at if that's what you're afraid of. And, you know, there's a, ride, a, a huge array of different ways to overdose. It's not just Skittles parties. You know, and so if you take those Skittle parties and bowls, and then you add ex outside stuff such as pot, cocaine, meth, heroin, um, spice, I mean... <laughs> list goes on and on and on. There are more things, and, and that's probably just the common names people know. And there are more drugs than that in the world. Those are probably just the ones that get talked about the most. When I was younger, and I was a teenager, I don't remember exactly <clears throat> who these people were. There was somebody my older sister knew. I don't even remember their names. Um, I just remember that one of them 
was doing an inhale thing where he sniffed at his nose and he called it rush he said it was rush I never did it but I have no idea what that was and then when I was in um, doing my bachelor's degree in uh, um, criminal justice um, all of my professors were police officers or retired police officers and um, in one of them we got talking about this drug because one of them was located in Florida and he started talking about this drug called Flacca and um, it's it's scary it's scary and um, in looking up Flacca though I mean I'm not really for sure it looks to me like it was a form of spice um, I think it's probably just, everything's a form of something, but and it's just another mix of different concoctions together. So it's a different type of Skittles party. It's just not in a bowl all the time, or maybe it is just a different kind of bowl. Um, some side effects to look for, though, um, from overdosing. Um. They might look mentally confused. Now, I know some will be like, Shh, that's me on an everyday basis. No, seriously. Some are just straight out, out there. And people laugh at them, be like, oh, look at them, they're tripping. Intervention, people. Intervention. Help. Don't judge. Okay, uh, I apologize again, um, in case you heard, my mom needed me again, so, um, so where I was at, I'm sorry, I had to put myself back in check again, um, was potential signs for overdosing, um, you know, lack of responsiveness or being able to be aroused or woken up, uh, difficult remaining conscience, maybe seizures, vomiting, um, you know, people can die from choking on their own vomit. Slow, irregular heartbeat. Heart rate may slow and stop. The body temperature may get lower. Their skin might be getting clammy or gray or blue-tinged, pale. Um, they might start choking, gurgling, uh, snoring sounds. Um, yeah, their lips might turn blue or their fingertips um, they might be on uh, you know um, slurred speech maybe kind of comatose um, and they might have a raise in body temperature they might have a rapid heartbeat they might um, have very extreme high blood pressure they might have a stroke or heart attack um, <clears throat> panic hallucinations uh, paranoia and other features of psychosis uh, can become aggressive, very deadly aggressive. Um, a variety of things, anything that is beyond their normal, if you will, day-to-day -day, um, are all examples of things that should be on the lookout. It's best to be safe than sorry, especially when it comes to somebody's life. And when you are mixing multiple substances together, um, it, it's, it's, and you add things in it, 
on top of it, you don't know what you're getting. Even taking something, just one thing regularly, and taking it accurately, doesn't mean that your system is going to accept it. Because even if you follow the directions of your prescription, doesn't mean that it is made for your body. Doesn't mean that your body absorbs it correctly. Like I said in my last episode, we talked about, um, you know, fentanyl and stuff. You know, people have gastric surgery, for example. Their bodies absorb differently than somebody who has not had that. So whatever prescription may be okay for us, doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay for somebody that their body doesn't absorb the same way. So they don't metabolize medication and different things in your system as somebody else might. And that's just an example. Um, there's a lot of different things to factor in. Um, you know, you get knockoffs of, of drugs that may look like something. So you think you're taking something, but in fact, um, it's not. There's a lot of pills going out there that look like fentanyl, but they're knockoffs. And fentanyl is a drug that is prescribed by doctors um, that is legit for pain. And, you know, it's monitored by medical doctors for a reason. But there are so many knockoffs out there that come in a variety of colors now. They're not just blue pills. And with the holidays coming up with trick-or-treating and stuff, it's scary. It's scary what's out there. And um, you may have a low drug tolerance. Your kid may have a low drug They're just little ones, you know, and I, I don't mean no disrespect to teenagers, you know, but their their bodies are not even fully developed yet. And, you know, if they are, you know, say if they, like, they take something their body just can't handle. And then they add alcohol on it. And they start drinking. Or maybe they um, add alcohol in with the, with the, the pills in the bowl. And now those pills have dissolved and they're going in the alcohol. So now it's just like a big fruity drink. Um, and after a mix, mix of those, after so many shots of those, if you will, you're not even going to know what you're taking because you're not going to feel it no more. And if you're doing this alone, um, there's nobody there to help you. But even if you're doing it with a variety of people, there's still nobody there to help you. And so who calls 911 then? Who determines who's worse off and who needs help? And you know, most of the times when ambulances come, um, they have to assess people in certain orders, you know, of severity of what they can perceive. But they're only equipped with so much as well. And they are some miracle workers. They are. And I applaud each and one and every one of them. But I wouldn't want to take one of them calls. Um, honestly, I, I that would just be... I mean, I used to clean crime scenes for a living. And I, I've seen some stuff. And I've done some crime scenes on some children. And let me tell you, it's, it's a level. It's a level. And... Um, this world just needs this world needs a huge intervention <laughs> um, anyway um, 
I'm just kind of like sidetracked right now because there's just so much going through my mind. Uh, you know, my last podcast I did, I talked more in depth on, on Narcan and fentanyl. And um, Narcan, it helps to stop the receptors, basically, if you will, um, of the pain medicine or the narcotic in your system and basically stops at cooked turkey. And if taken right and taken accurately, it has had a success rate. However, don't think that you can just take Narcan, get sobered up, and then continue partying. That's not how it works. And you should stay with someone, though, if, if you notice something and you call for help. Stay with them. Don't just leave them. And you might be the only person that is their hope for survival. What would you want somebody to do for you? Would you want somebody just to leave you? And leave you for dead? You know, I wrote a lot of notes here. But I'm not going to read them all. There's a lot of information. And it's a lot to have put in somebody's head. It really is. It's a lot of numbers and a lot of this and a lot of that. And treatment for overdoses, you know, it depends on how severe the overdose is and what the substance is the person has and has taken. And sometimes outlook and recovery, it depends on the actions that the medical staff, staff is able to take to even reverse the overdose and stabilize the person. And like I said before, if they don't know what they're treating, they're only equipped with so much. And... A lot of times people get afraid, you know, when they're at a party or something and something goes wrong. And they might take their friend, maybe they grew up with their friend, and their friend um, is overdosed and they freak out. And so they take their friend and they take them somewhere and they drop them off somewhere. Or maybe on the doorsteps of a hospital and they leave them there. And that person dies. Now they have to go to the funeral and around everybody and mourn the loss of their friend who now that sits in their mind the responsibility that they had. And maybe their friend was already gone. But both of you died that day. Even if one's still walking. And that's a lot to carry. That's a lot to self-medicate. That's a lot to keep quiet and not share. And don't take for granted, you know, how valuable you are. Because we're all valuable. Nobody is better than the next person. Nobody has more answers than the next person. Now, some people, unfortunately, are experienced or may have overcome more than somebody else. That doesn't make them a winner. That makes them a survivor. That makes them somebody that can teach you, can help you, and somebody that maybe has something important that you might need to hear. You know, and we are so big on judging so many addicts, and I hate even using that word. We are used to judging and putting labels on so many people and passing judgment. 
And you know how many of those people that you have passed judgment on that you might not even know what their battle is or what their battle is that they've overcome? And that very same person might be the very person that might end up saving your life one day. In whatever form that may be. Because um, there are a lot of survivors and warriors out there in this world. And you might think that, you know, once an addict, always an addict. Once a thief, always a thief. Once a cheater, always a cheater. That's not always true. You know, there's a lot of people that go to jail and prison. And they go to church. And sometimes they're introduced to God for the first time in their life. <clears throat> and they go in there and they get, you know, close with God. They find their peace. They accept and forgive themselves. They ask for forgiveness. God forgives them, but society doesn't. But yet they come out of prison. And they're still charged. A life sentence on the outside of those walls. But yet their term on the inside of those walls. It was served. And if God forgives them, why can't we forgive them? People change. People do change. And I'm not saying you need to find God in order to change. Change has to start with you. But to put a little God in your life, that surely doesn't hurt. You know, and as adults, we can forget that we're role models. And even if we don't have kids, we're role models to everybody. And paths that we cross. And even to our own selves. You know, whether we look in our mirrors or not, we beat ourselves up every day. What did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong with my kid? Where did I go, where did I go wrong with my parents, you know, or my friends? Where did I go wrong with myself? I'm never going to be good enough no matter what I do. I don't look right. I don't like the way I feel. I don't, I don't like, why does my voice sound like that? Do I really laugh like that? Everybody has self-esteem issues. It could be the most beautiful model in the world. Who defines beauty? You know, I've, I've seen before this meme went through. And it was somebody saying, you know, I might be fat, but you're ugly and I can diet. Either way is an insult. You know, who defines what is fat and what is not? Society? Who defines what is right and what is wrong? And all of this stuff is factors. This is just an example. We've got so many bullies in the world. Adults, children, the whole nine yards. And all of this is added up in our minds that we continue to carry. And you know, our kids, they are just trying to learn what some of us are already supposed to know. But as human beings, we continue to go through triggers, being manipulated, judging, being judged, and then turning into someone we don't even recognize in our own mirrors. And you know what? We make mistakes. We're human. 
every single human being that walks this world makes mistakes. Life doesn't come with instruction manual. And if it did, I'm not even sure if we as individuals would ever even be on the same page as a society. And many times we get caught up in trying to have a life that we forget to even live. Which ends up costing us our livelihood and those we love. And where are our children in this mix? However, we need to stop looking at that. At the, at the, we need to stop to look at the bigger picture. We need to look at the bigger picture of life. The one that doesn't include us. We will not always be here to protect our generation, our future generations. And if this is a level that we are going in and we're leaving them in, our families, our legacies, our battles, our wars, our opinions, all our hard work, our foundation as a universe, will end up doomed and further extinct than before the dinosaurs even roamed this earth. We need to set stronger protection barriers for our children. They need morals, guidelines, boundaries, respect. We need to respect our children. That teaches them to respect us too. Treating them as a human being and a person, not just as a child. You know, we need to teach them justice. And we need to teach them about God. However, if there isn't something done by us and by those you know, that have the jurisdiction to intervene, our borders, our borders of, of our world will be the least of our problems. If there is a battle at the entry points, I guarantee there's a bigger one, a bigger war in your own backyard or your neighborhood. If we don't have resources to invent something now to intervene, how in the world do you think that they're going to be able to do in the future? If our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren even survive that far, heaven help us. Oh, that's right. We're one nation under God, and God bless America in our anthem and our Pledge of Allegiance and our license plates in a country that continues to keep removing the only salvation that is more realistic to this world that we live in than any government ever will be. I mean, it is, is it really going to hurt somebody to pray and believe in something or someone that you can't see? But ask for them to save someone that you love from dying? Or when you use God's name in vain? If he doesn't exist, how did that you even hear of his name to even use it in the first place? But yet, maybe you believe in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. And please not forget the people and the things that we continue to fabricate and hallucinate about from a good old night of tripping. Now I understand that not everybody believes in God. And I and honestly, I, I respect your religion and I'm not trying to step on toes. But how is it a bad thing to believe in something good? Why do we rather want to hear about drama and bad things in this world but then be shocked when something good happens? A miracle. It ha a miracle happens every moment you take a breath. Evolution happens in life. We evolve, evolve every day. It's the de-evolving that's concerning. But it had to start somewhere. 
a tiny speck of something started it. And it can end it as well. Our government needs to pay attention. We need to pay attention. Regardless of where we live, who we are, what we might own, playing the fruitful games like this will definitely wipe out our world faster than any tsunami ever will even get a chance to. We might as well make a billboard across the sky that reads, Skittles Party, the rainbow where there is no pot of gold and doesn't taste like, a, doesn't taste like chicken either. Because not everything tastes like chicken. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there are many that work nonstop dedicating and losing their lives to protecting our borders and our, our neighborhoods and uh, our rights and our freedom. And I salute each and every one of you. However, why should all that lie on your shoulders? You know, why... Do they accomplish so much to be left behind in a battle after a siege? Or if something goes wrong, then they're automatically to blame. But if something happens and you need an emergency, who are the first you to call? <coughs> Why are they not rescued from always being... Why are they always blamed for always being the problem? And they always need to do better. You know, there are silent heroes in this world that don't ask for recognition. And those silent heroes carry more in their minds than yours will ever hear or know of. Those silent heroes are the ones that we need more of. Not everything gets reported. Not everything you hear about or read about is true. And not everything is everyone else's fault. Sometimes it is the grown-up thing to do, even when you're not even legally classified as a grown-up. And like I said, we have more adults in this world sometimes, I think, that act more irresponsible than what our children do. And we're supposed to know better. But that doesn't mean we do. And people from different generations, such as my mother's, for instance, they have different um, views, perspective, and different upbringings, say, than what mine did or yours does. It doesn't make it wrong. It makes a difference. But you know what? I don't need to keep being blamed for what something did, I don't know, a hundred years ago. Or however long it was. Or whatever it was. It could be in the early 1700s. I don't know. I wasn't even my grandpa's ball sack at that time. I don't know. Stop blaming me. But that is can be where it starts to also learn the value of evolvement. Because if we're trying to go back to the 1700s or the 1600s or, or wherever, 
Lots of going further back when, you know, Jesus was here. And let him do the driving. Because we're not going in the right direction right now. We're really not in this world. And <laughs> it's 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 scary. I looked at pictures of my grandkids and I'm like is my grandkid going to be a victim um, of this world? Or is my kid, grandkid going to be the ones that tries to make a big difference and saves the world? Because it can just be one person. And it might even be your own. It might even be you. And it doesn't mean it just needs to be one person. It doesn't. Why does it need to be one? Why does one person need to carry everything? Why doesn't our government, our top leaders of this nation, stop making a mockery out of us and our dedication to saluting our country that we try so hard to keep doing? And yet they don't think that we need to be protected from their own actions. You know, why should they continue to be putting our well-being and our soldiers and our future in the crossfires of their egos and forget that with every bus at that border, is not worth putting a freaking shield in the form of a wall. Why isn't it? I mean, how hard is it to build that wall? We build walls up in our lives around our people. Why can't we build them at the borders? And I'm not saying that's going to be a, a cure-all because with today's technology, things fly over the borders and under the borders and around the borders and everything. But you know what? I'd rather have a, a wall be a shield than a human being. It's a life. Their life is just as important as the overdose that they are trying to protect and prevent from happening. And then some. And for all of us that think that we are immune, it gets bigger and bigger. And it's getting bigger than just... And it... it, it it doesn't care about the setback or the right of way or your property line or where you're at on the globe. If it's flat, I pray you don't fall off. If it's round, keep spinning and be careful not to hit the metal piece on the globe when that spins it. Because either way, your world is still going. And either way, your world will stop. Doesn't mean we have to speed it up. You know, the bottom line is, is there is no bottom line. There's only a flat line. And we need to do something in this world. And we need to quit saying that we're going to do it or make all these plans because you know what? I know too many people in my life that I have mourned the death of. The things that should have been a celebration of life. And there wasn't very many laughter. And eventually, our kids are going to bury us. If they make it that far. I don't know about you, but I want to have a long, healthy life. 
We all say that, I'm sure. I want to live a long life. I've got a lot to do. I've lost a lot of my life grieving and going through the traumas that I've went through. And um, I've lost a lot of things. I've lost myself <laughs> very much. I, like I said before on the other podcast, I've got scars on the outside and the inside of me. And um, I was blessed to have some huge interventions in my life. And I thank God for that every every chance I can. Every chance I remember to. Um, and you don't need to pray just to talk to him either. In my opinion. Um, I would like to thank everybody who has taken their time out. As valuable as it is. To listen to me today. And also to all those that continue to support themselves. Wherever they can. You know, someone asked me one time, um, go to where you first saw me. Hmm. Now, you can interpret that as a few ways. Depends on who said it. Was it an actual person or was it your subconscious reminding you to look at yourself and through your own eyes? Before you have nowhere else to turn. Instead of looking in the mirror. And. Saying I hate you. Or you're fat. Or you're ugly. Or nobody wants you. Or there's no point. Make faces in the mirror. Make, you know, stick your tongue out. Laugh. Just start laughing. Laughter is contagious. It takes more muscles on your to smile than it does to frown. And as my youngest daughter used to say, if you have a frowny, eat a brownie. Chocolate's a good antioxidant. <clears throat> there are resources out there. But these resources are only going to be a life-saving as the one you open. And if you don't open your resources, you're not gonna you're not gonna know what to save. And sometimes when you get resources, that's when you realize what you thought you knew. You're like, oh, I never thought of it that way before. You know, and I have a habit of doing that to myself because sometimes I ask myself questions. And I, I analyze everything so much. It might be from my years in the lab and stuff, but um, I'm a big analyzer and thinker. And, you know, I think about things. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. But then this makes sense, too. And it's confusing, but it makes sense. But then it makes sense because then it's so confusing. But then that makes sense, too. And then before long, I'm going, so how do I give a draft CPR again? Because that sounds a little less confusing. Um, doesn't mean you're crazy. You can drive yourself crazy. And you might not even have a license. But you can drive yourself crazy. You can. Um... And I pray for all of us. <laughs> um, some things in life, though, should be in a form of a book. You know, 
like old school form of a good realistic book. It's available in every form, every language, and every religion. It's the book of life. And your life is worth it. My life is worth it. And I know that now. That's why I'm sitting here for each and every one of you that want to listen. This is Dee, and you've been listening to my podcast. Let me clear my throat. Skittles party. Where there is no pot of gold at the end of their rainbow. Some rainbows are not the act of God. They are purely everything but. Again, thank you for joining me. And I pray you have a safe and blessed evening. Good night.